Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We got another great one for you today. Boy, and when I tell you this is a great one, this is a great one. So welcome, uh, we're welcoming a uh, a guest from the other podcast that Dr. Daniels does, is uh, from Maximizing Your Season of Singleness. We got Angela here. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm interested to get into this conversation. So and Dr. Daniels, as 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 always, how you doing? Great to be here, and uh, I'm I'm pleased that Angie could join us for today. She has some some wonderful insight, but she also raised some fascinating questions that I think when you look at um, um, the topic that we have been discovering, and that is one of um, the the difficulties of adultery and dealing with adultery and overcoming that and, and what causes people to fall into that trap. Uh, she has some interesting insight and questions that I think need to be explored. And so uh, I'm looking forward to um, uh, how we can, can look at that in a healthy and an adult way and make sure we come out with some, you know, some things that will help people along the way as they move out into their future. Yes. And I, and I agree approaching this as an adult yes. and with an open mind in this type of conversation so I want you to go ahead and lead off with your first question. <laughs> okay. My first question is, is what I would like to know. Coming from the Old Testament to the New, how did we transition from several spouses to just one? And why have things changed? That's what I'd like to know. Well, that, that's, a, that's a great question. You know, and, it is, and I think it's one that people have grappled with for years. Because depending on your culture, um, that's a difficult thing to maneuver through, you know. Um, and, and, and it also, I think, causes some people to even question whether or not our culture uh, makes it more difficult for people not to seek an alternative lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, where they may have more than one person in their life in an intimate setting. Okay. Uh, but if you think about the way the, uh, the, culture, the, the culture that they were facing in, in Old Testament dispensation, they were dealing with um, the Eastern culture, right? Uh, which is also the same culture that we come from as, as uh, African-Americans. When you think about how we were in Africa, uh, on one, one of the trips, for example, I took to Africa, I was talking with a young man and um, there were two young ladies there who had children. And I questioned one of them and I said, you know, where is your husband at? And she said, right there. Mm-hmm. And I said, I thought he was her husband. <laughs> And she said, he is her husband. And I said, whoa, okay. Well, that's an interesting concept. And so, you know, she smiled at me and and she was speaking in their language, but the interpreter was interpreting. And he said to me, "Uh, that's kind of funny. You should say that. He said, because I would think that you being in a wealthier country would know this. And I said, know what? He said, we can have as many wives as we can afford. And that's an interesting concept. And so even today, you know, in, in, in what we call the motherland, which is on the Ivory Coast, they still practice that system, okay. that as many wives as you can afford. And so in that Mideastern culture, they had the same kind of dynamic. Now, so even though um, the religious practices were focused on how God operates, it still did not remove the culture of, of, of where they were. Now you get to the New Testament dispensation and you have the um, Hebrews traveling to a different part of the world. Okay. So they were planting seeds now in Europe. Uh, and so when they moved to Europe, 
um, the culture is different there. And so that culture was one of one man and one woman, you know, so forth and so on. And so th therein lies the change. I mean, if you think about it, for example, if you look at the 12 tribes of Israel, we know that they came from more than one wife. And it was acceptable. We know it was blessed because we know God blessed what was going on back then. Right. And so we know that, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that it is, his, it, was, it is his plan. I'm just saying he allowed that and, he, and it was acceptable at that time. Well, the, the question was whether his plan, and then Jesus said that was not the original plan, right? And Jesus said, you know, that the original plan was for one man and one woman totally committed for life. That, that was what he said. Um, so in one sense, he allowed it because of culture. But he also says that the best practice is one man and one woman. And okay. so when you get to the New Testament, we then say, let's go with the best practice and not that which was allowed because of how man wanted to operate. So let me ask this question. If it's the it may be the best practice, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Well, <laughs> I mean, everyone is different. I mean, it may work for some and it may not work for others. So why is it wrong? It might be best for you, but not for this person over here. Well, wrong is a relative term. And I'm saying it this way because okay. this, the Bible says that man ought to um, respect the laws of the land. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the laws of the land that we, all, we live in say one man and one wife, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us, that's, that's, the, that's, that's our norm that we have to deal with. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a, a gospel liberty and leap somewhere else, for example. The laws of the land here say that you can't drink alcohol if you're under 21, right? Mm -hmm. But if you were in another country, you can drink alcohol under 21, right? And so therefore, if you were there and you were, you know, drinking alcohol, it would be no problem. Mm -hmm. Here, you go to jail, right? Mm -hmm. Now, so is, 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 is God upset with you because the laws are different? You know, no, he's, he's not because he tells us we are to follow the laws of the land. Um, and so um, since we are here in America, right, mm -hmm. and since the American law says no, then we have to deal with no. You know, the, other, the other question is, is that does, does the Lord want the best for us? Or does he want what we want for us? Right. True. And so he wants the best for us. So if you want the best of God's blessings, that means we need to follow what the Bible says, what is best for us. Uh, Jesus said this about not this particular subject, but just about things in general. He said that some men are eunuchs by birth. Mm -hmm. Some men are, are eunuchs um, because they are loyal to those above them. And some voluntarily do what needs to be answered to become a eunuch. Mm -hmm. He said, those that have an ear, let them hear. Okay. <laughs> and those that can accept it, let them accept it. His point being that everyone may not be able to accept everything that's best for them mm -hmm. because of their own differences, their own culture, and you know, just so many other things. He said, however, um, that doesn't mean you should not strive mm -hmm. to do that which is best for you. So I got a question. What, how much of sin is really involved in this yes. uh, dwelling within us that causes this? Even the thought you mean, process you mean causes us to want to commit adultery. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, he, uh, a whole lot of sin. <laughs> 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 See, 
there are two, there are two driving forces, right? And, and, and God did this for a reason, obviously, is that God made intimacy pleasurable for procreation, right? Genesis tells us that man should be fruitful and multiply. Right. So in order for people to procreate, you have to make it a pleasurable experience else they won't do it, that's right? Because that's, that's human nature. You do that, which is, it makes you feel good and you walk away from that, which makes you feel bad. Well, you, you, you are, you are, you have been a wife, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and my, so I, I believe you also are a parent, right? Right. right. Mm -hmm. So here's what you know about childbirth. It is not the most pleasurable <laughs> experience, not. right? It is not at all. So, so what would make a woman want to go through it a second time? What would make her want to take that chance? And you go through all that pain because at some point you also want that pleasure, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. So wanting that pleasure of intimacy, you will take that shot and say, <laughs> okay, go ahead out, you know, and, mm -hmm. and some of it, think about it, maybe now it's not because you have different forms of birth control. Mm -hmm. But back then it was a method of what, like, as the Catholics call a ry the rhythm method. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what people use. That's I mean, true. There right. were some people that wanted to get offspring, but there's some folk that did not. And though it was, you know, hit or miss proposition, mm -hmm. but everybody didn't have a baby every two years. Right. But that doesn't mean they were abstinent all that time. No. Right. Right. So when you put, so God made it pleasurable so people would keep trying. And people will keep having, having having babies. So that part of us is innate in us, right? So the question is, well, what then makes you want to do do you know have that same process with more than one person? Right. Well, that's the flesh in us, and that's what that's what God says. That's the flesh in us, uh, because if you think about it in a logical sense, right? Um, especially for men, okay, it, it's not like you can truly keep more than one woman satisfied, right? That's correct. I mean, you, you, you can try, but, but, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you, you know, but, but, but it's the opposite for a woman. See, a woman could really, I'm doing biological, okay. right? Biologically, a woman is more adept at keeping men satisfied than a man is adept at keeping women satisfied. Right. But isn't it odd that it, that in life we, we flip it over, mm -hmm. right? You know, so generally speaking, I'm just saying, right. men commit adultery more than women do. That's true. Right? That's true. But, but I mean, we would definitely do that. So that's that flesh, that's what the Bible says, that flesh and that inability to control our own desires. So is that culturally the reason why men have a hard time staying faithful? Or like, are, are what, what is it? That way? Are, are we built that way to have more than one? Spouse, it goes back to that, or are we meant to have just one? I mean, biologically, that's what I I wonder, really. Well, um, here's what we know from nature, right? Let's say if we if we were to go back to um, 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 natural theology, right? And natural theology teaches us to understand God through nature. Okay, so if you go back to natural theology, here's what you find that it is ra it is rare almost for for mammals okay. it is very rare for mammals for a female to allow more than one male to copulate you know but it is not rare for a male to copulate more than one female right you know you so, see that with lions right with yeah. lions with 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 with, with um, our close ancestors, right? The primates, right. right? Which we are the closest ancestors to. So if you look at the primates and you look at us, 
you know, it's not unusual for the, the lead gorilla to have several, you know, females or, or, or same thing with chimpanzees and all these kind of things. Um, so, but they, but they are operating solely on instinct, right? And see the man's role, the, the male, I should say, man. <laughs> the male's role was different. The male's role was simply to do this, to protect, right? To protect right. and to ensure that the species continued. That was his primary role, to protect and make sure the species continued when you're dealing with mammals. But what Jesus says to us is different, you know? So the idea that, you know, um, is, is it natural? It's natural for people who don't operate off of instinct. Is it natural for people who operate off of intellect? Um, according to Christ, it was not the ultimate way that we were designed. Okay. So if I go with the Bible again, right? And I look at how God created us. The Bible suggests that it was paid, we were paired, okay. one man, one woman. Mm -hmm. So if that's how we were initially brought about, one man, one woman, mm -hmm. it would seem that that's how he intended it to be moving forward. But man may have looked at nature and said, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> the, the lion has four lionesses. Right. Right. Or the woman may have needed protection, you know. And if you think about that, and I just throw this out there, that that happens today, right? Let's say that a man, again, remember the we said the Africans say as men and women as you can afford, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say if the man is upper middle class, right? And, and a woman husband dies. And so she loses that other income. In her mind, she may be thinking, I wish that man would take care of me, right? And so for, for safety's sake, he could protect her financially. He could help her. So she may decide, you know, uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, letting him protect me. And so for that security, she may decide to engage in that kind of behavior with him. Right. So it's not on you. It's not out of the normal for that, you know, for that to happen. And, and men have that. I want to, you know, like that macho mentality as well, where they may feel like, you know, you need protecting, sure. right? Sure. And if you protect enough, mm -hmm. then it's natural for people then to kind of become drawn to each other, sure. you know? And before you know it, you're in that relationship. And, and even though you, culturally it may not be the best place to be, it's too, <laughs> it's too, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Now, flipping the pancake on this a little okay. bit. Let's say, for instance, people was okay with that. They, you know, the government says you can now have multiple wives. How would this play out for the second wife wanting to date and be with another man? Because I, we already know that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. If it's okay for women, I mean, a man, then why is it not okay for a woman? There is a such thing called, I think it's philandry is what it's called. Well, I, I, I think I'm not a woman. You're the best person to answer this. <laughs> But history suggests to us that that rarely would happen. Sure. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. Sure. You know, hi history suggests to us that women are less likely to say, "You know what? I want four men in my house." That's true. I don't know. I know personally myself. I would not want four men in my house. I don't think I'd want two in my house. But, to be uh, honest. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So something. You know, so, I'm sorry. I think it would be less likely. My counseling. 
you know, and, and it's been a few years now because I'm older now, so I, I can go back, you know, uh, three decades right, <laughs> in counseling. We see women and men cheat for two different reasons. You know, men, men oftentimes is just opportunity. It's just opportunity. You know, if, if it's opportunity and I, I think I, I won't get caught, then, I, you know, I'll, I'll do it. Women t- tend to do it because they feel beholding. In other words, women tend to, if, if, if you are lacking um, a sense of self and, and a man gives that to you and you kind of feel beholding to him, then that's a reward. You know, and so, so that's why I'm saying it, 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 it's not you don't need four men to, you know, to make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> In fact, that's not what you want. No, women tend to want that one person that can just make them feel like they're on top of the world. And because so, if he's not, you don't you don't waste your time with him. You'd be like, true. I'm done with you because you ain't right. doing them for me no way. You're right. So that's, right. that's what I'm saying. I women are less likely to try to hold on to two and three men. You know, I'm not saying some of them don't, but they're not doing it for that reason. That's true. There's something deeper going on. And I will say also women are more forgiving if a man cheats. Not to say that it is right, but when you think about it. I've been married before, so I can say that I have forgiven my ex-husband for infidelity more than once. Mm -hmm. But then it came to a point to where I did what I did as well. But then I left, Mm -hmm. you know, because I just realized it's just this isn't it. So when it got to the point where you did it, then it's like, you know what? I really need to be out this Exactly. Because what is the point if we have to continue going through this? So. Men are not so forgiving, but women are. And that goes back to it once again, instead of cheating, having side chicks and all that. And I'm not saying that's what this is about. Not at all. We're having, like you said, adult conversation. Why not do it the, the well, right or wrong is subjective, but do it uh, in a way that pleases everyone, so right. to speak. So that so and do it the old testament. Do it right? the old testament. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had I've had teammates back in the day in Oklahoma that you know told his told his girlfriends or told the women like, hey, you're not. It's, I'm not exclusively with you. Mm-hmm. If you want to go with this, we, I'm cool with it. As long okay. as you cool with it. And I will say it worked for a little while. Mm-hmm. But then when the girl showed up with his jersey on in the stands, mm. sitting beside his actual girlfriend, that's when everything you know, hit the fan. fan. So it's like, it's one of those things I feel like it's, it looks good on paper. Mm -hmm. It sounds good. Like you could handle it, Mm -hmm. but there is a reason why Jesus said he just need to be with one, with one. And even King Solomon after the 700 Mm -hmm. said he refers back to the very first one. Mm -hmm. So what I get from this is you need to be with one woman um, in in one man, you know, Mm -hmm. one-on-one. I just, I honestly cannot fathom having to please two or three wives. That is, is well, you'd be working to work except the death. Well, and and you 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 can't in the context of where we are today. And I think that's just, it's all about expectation. Yeah, right. That's why I'm. That's why I say you have to look at the Old Testament dispensation, the New Testament dispensation, but also the good culture, because um, I I didn't get the impression from those two wives I met that. They were, they had a problem. In fact, they were together, working together in, in, wow. in, in, in the, um, they had a um, 
coffee, a, okay. a, a coffee plantation. They worked together. Right. And so they, they, they had houses that faced each other. And I asked one of them, you know, why is it like this? And she said, because when he was, when he's with her, he wants to be able to look in and see me okay. to make sure no one comes in because he still protect, he still has to protect her and vice versa. So, and, and that's how they were. I mean, and so it, it, it works for them mm -hmm. because the expectation is different. I think it's when your expectations are different. That's when it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you, you talk about Solomon. I mean, think Solomon, not, he didn't just have wives. He had concubines, right. so what you would call chicks, plural, on the side, right. right? Now, you know, right or wrong, I'm not saying if it was right or wrong, but I'm just saying, you know, we look to Solomon as being wise, right? And I'm not saying he was wise, but that's what we, the Bible says he was an extremely wise person. And it, it, there's no one, no one looks at Solomon and says he was a, a bad person. Right. Not from that standpoint. Now, there's some things he did that, you know, uh, politically that were not expedient. But from that standpoint, no one said anything negative about him. And he had wives, plural, you know, times, you know, to the raised to the 10th power. Right. And he had concubines. And so his job was not to please them per se, the way we think of pleasing. His job was, can I take care of you financially? Can I take care of you financially? And he had eunuchs and their job was to make sure nobody slipped in. You know, so that the so that the wives were these 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 eunuchs, these guys, they make sure the needs of the wives were met, not intimate wives, but as far as, you know, those physical things, you clothes, food, all this kind of stuff. Um, again, it, it, you know, when you look at Abraham, the father of what we call our religion. Right. Uh, there's nothing in his relationship with his wives that appear to be difficult. Right. You know, um, let me say this <laughs> different, not Abraham, but Abraham's, you know, um, um, Abraham's offspring, because Abraham had a child other than with his wife, Sarah, mm -hmm. but Sarah was the one that said, go into her. Right. You know, it wasn't like he offered, mm -hmm. she, you know, she did. And if you go to uh, Jacob, you know, and Jacob had, you know, that's where we get, you know, the different tribes of Israel that comes from. There's nothing to indicate that Jacob's wives had a problem with each other. Y you know, we don't actually start seeing jealousies until, you know, later on, you know, which I'm not saying there were not, but you don't see it being problematic until you get to David. And that's when you start seeing problems with, you know, the way wives, because David's first wife became extremely jealous uh, because of how other women looked at him, not because he was doing anything but just because how they looked at him because he was apparently a very handsome and virile looking young man. Um, but that didn't stop him from doing what he was going to do, but he still had more than one wife. Right. Right. I, well, I, and that poses a question also of society says, no, it's not normal per se, but we, we tend to accept a lot of other things and not to judge when it comes to homosexuality. That's not what this is about. Just to make a point. It's okay for two men to marry, two women to marry, but not for a man to have multiple spouses. And then also I want to ask this question. What about later in life? Say if your spouse has dementia and she is no longer who she used to be, not to say you throw her away, just get rid of her. 
Um, what would be the problem with having another spouse to help you, to support you so, in helping her? Mm-hmm. Because I have known this to happen. And the the first wife was no longer herself. She was like a little girl. And I think this even happened with uh, B. Smith, one of, well, she's passed away now, but her husband had another spouse and people gave him, he had issues with, they had issues with it per se, because he moved on, but they were still taking care of her. She was sick. She didn't know who he was anymore. The same as with the other incident. I know if she's sickly, they go back to being little children. So if you have someone there that can help support you during that time of need and everyone is working together, once again, it's like, what, what's the problem with it? I'm not speaking on going out here, men deciding, okay, I'm almost start cheating and doing this and that. No, that's not what I'm speaking on. That happens anyway. That's another topic, another question. But my thing is, what what's the problem? I don't understand, once again, why it would be a problem when it comes to that. Once again, like he said, how much sin is in this? If it's in the Bible, it was in the Old Testament, not in the New, but once again, if it's best for you, are you looking for me to answer or are you looking for CV to answer? You both of y'all, anybody. <laughs> look, look, no, look. Nobody won't answer. Yeah, <laughs> right. So you pointing a finger at him. <laughs> you, you, you raise a good point, right? You raise a good point. I, and I get it. You know, what if you're, you know, and, and actually uh, in, 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 in one of the movies that, that you know, um, um, that issue um, come, came up, mm-hmm. right? Um, with Angela Bassett. Okay. And, and, and when she met, um, um, Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that movie. She meets Wesley, Wesley Snipes at a bar. Waiting to exhale. Waiting to exhale. Right. And waiting to exhale. She meets Wesley Snipes at the bar and they talk mm-hmm. and they become close. They have an intimate moment, but no mm-hmm. sex. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And Wesley Snipes says to her, you know, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, she has cancer and, and it's terminal. And, and, you know, he explains all these things to her. And he says, you know, we can just spend the night, but we don't need to have sex. Mm-hmm. We can just help each other through a difficult time, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, uh, now, I'm sure most of the women who are looking, would, mm-hmm. if they knew that their husband did that, would kick him out the house. <laughs> you know, that's just the way we are. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, what you say in theory, mm-hmm. you know, certainly sounds plausible. But when you take it from a, a, a Christian standpoint, and that's, you know, what we have to look at as well, um, the, the basic Christian principle is this. Uh, that until death do you part, mm-hmm. right? But it also says, you know, we, we take a vow with our spouses and those vows say for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. They don't say for better or for all right. That's right. They say mm-hmm. through sickness and in health, mm-hmm. right? And so if I made a vow to you, which says that for better or for worse, mm-hmm. when the worst comes, I don't look for an out. That's right. Or when sickness comes, I don't look for an out. Mm-hmm. And so the issue would be, well, can can I contain my physical desires if you are sick? Well, if I've said well, in sickness and in health, mm-hmm. I should be able to, because mm-hmm. the same thing could apply. Let's say there is a, a mental breakdown, mm-hmm. right? And do I just say, because you're crazy, <laughs> you know, I'm, and I'm using that term figuratively, <laughs> right, not literally, right. but because you're acting out of your normal, mm-hmm. you know, do I now say, let me go in with someone else? And I'm not saying that what you say doesn't seem plausible, but I'm just saying from a biblical standpoint, 
based on the New Testament dispensation. If it was under the Old Testament dispensation, of course, you know, there's a different standard that we go by. But under the New Testament dispensation, what Christ has told us, then it would be considered a sinful move in order for us to do that. Mm -hmm. Even if the woman was incapacitated somehow, because until she is dead, Mm -hmm. and, and Paul reiterates this as well, until she is dead, I am contractually bound to her. You know. Yes, I get that. I have I have nothing to say. <laughs> yes. just, just in case somebody listening. <laughs> oh my goodness! And but that is a is a is a very good point, and it also is one of the the things that I have found biblically that has really trips up a lot of people mm-hmm. is the marriage and adultery and then remarrying mm-hmm. concept of everything mm-hmm. and 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 going with what Jesus said should happen versus what's actually happening mm-hmm. and then really wrapping your head around that. That's, exactly. that's the part that really like, you know, Pastor Daniels, after we had the last podcast a couple weeks ago, I went online trying to look for it. People don't even talk about it online because that's how difficult of a subject it is. It's just like, you know what? We just want to just lead this off to yeah. the side over here. So we don't want to talk about it because you might hurt some feelings, mm-hmm. step on some toes and, because one of the, the, the most obvious things that, that we said is if you was divorced, but biblically you'd be okay 20 years from now to go back to your wife. Well, it, it is. Right. right. Well, not just, not just okay, but that's the desired position to take. Right. Right. The desired position is, again, it, let's put it in context first, right? Because what the Bible says is, what Paul says is that, if the if both people are saved, mm-hmm. right, then that's when the marriage bond is unbreakable. Okay. But Paul says if one is unsaved, he's if the unsaved not be willing to stay, then you're loose from the bond. Which means if the unsaved say, I'm sick of you and I'm walking away, boom, contract is then void and you're okay to go out, you know, and, and certainly to, to, to remarry. But again, he says that's the best case scenario. And he also notes that I say this by permission and not by commandment, which is saying this is what I'm saying to you. This is how you should respond. Um, but, but, you know, um, then there's the question of, well, was it, do you mean that we, we were saved when we got married? Or do you mean that we're saved now? <laughs> right. Yes. You, you know, it, it, it's, it's those things. But again. Well, you accept it. See, if you accept that God as your Savior at a young age. And then later on, but you ha- you're not doing these things. So how does that work? That's well, and, and that's the that's the thing that Paul addresses. That's why he said what he said is that you know, and that's why Jesus said some can take these things, mm-hmm. right? And he made a general statement: some can take these things. He said, you know, those that can, I'm 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 telling you what is the the best ap- approach, mm-hmm. right? Um, but and but but if you act. Other than what's best, it doesn't mean that Christ somehow kicks you to the curb, right? But that's the best approach. Because if you, you know, there's so many marriages, if you think about it, that, you know, you could get married in your early 20s, for example, right? And then let's say something happens and you do divorce the person. In your 40s and you look back, you start realizing some stuff. You you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Or... (laughs) You know, if if we both had did something, if, if we both had had more experience, let me put it that way, 
if we had more experience, we probably could have made it work. I'm not married yeah. at all. You know, but I'm just saying, you know, if, if you think about it, most people when they're young, they don't marry for love. They marry for lust. Right. You know, that's basically what you're doing. But my premise has been, and it will always be, any woman can make any man happy and any man can make any woman happy. I know so. The question is, what are your expectations? See, it, I, mean, it, I, I didn't say they would make you happy. Okay. I said they can make you happy because any man can give you what you need. Any man. I, I recognize that men and women do this. They have a picture in their mind about what's attractive. And if they see what's attractive, that, inf that, that impacts their lusting. But see, lusting ain't loving. That's true. <laughs> right? right? That attracts their lusting. But lusting don't keep you in a marriage. It just don't. What keeps you in a marriage is loving, right? Loving happens when people start meeting needs, right? See, any man can meet your needs. Any man can make sure that you're safe. Any man can make you, you you're secure. Any man can make you feel like you're the most important person in the world. And that don't mean he will, but I'm saying he can, right? right? Any man can do that. Okay. Any man cannot pressure you. Any man can, can, can pay a, enough attention to you to make you feel like he really adores me, but not too much attention that you say he's crowding me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Any man can do that. Any man can help you achieve your dreams. Okay. And if he's helping you achieve your dreams, if he's making you feel safe, if he's making you feel secure, if he's doing all that stuff, he can be ugly in your mind when you first meet him. But once he starts doing all that stuff, it's going to be like, he ain't that bad. He becomes the most attractive to that's, you. Right. You know, that, that's what I'm saying, see? So what you thought initially couldn't do it, he starts to do. And you can meet the most attractive guy in the world and walk away and say, I don't know why in the world I let him in my exactly. life. And, and that's, what I'm, that's why I'm saying it that way. In the same way about a woman. You can meet a woman and think in your mind, she is a dog. Mm. She's a dog. She look worse than a dog, <laughs> right? But... If she if if she starts cooking and cleaning right, mm -hmm. if she starts taking care of your physical needs right, if she starts making you feel like a man, uh, it, 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 with the same thing happens, you see her in a different light. Mm -hmm. And the more you see her in a different light, the more you will cherish her. And you might not even know you fell in love with her until she walk away from you. Wow. Then you'd be like, wait a minute here, mm -hmm. I, I feel something. I ain't think I felt this thing, but mm -hmm. you know what? I really, <laughs> she's all right with me. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it. In the workplace environment, that's how cheating starts. A lot of things start. At, you're, right, you're right. Because somebody makes you feel good and you want to keep feeling good. And you may have initially not thought that person was your type. But after they keep making you feel good, right. you, you want that feeling again. That's true. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's what when you, The older we get, the more we can start to realize that and say, you know what, really, anybody can make me happy if they got, you know, if they got the right mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm saying that, you know, if two people are saved, I'm not talking about two people are going to church. Mm -hmm. That ain't what I'm talking about. I know people who are saved because you got a saved man, right? If you, if your husband, if your ex-husband gets saved, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. he going to approach you differently than, than what he used to do. That's true. Definitely. 
That's true. And that you might know? change my heart a bit. Right. Yeah. He's going to come back in, number one, and saying, you know what, girl? I don't know what was wrong with me. I was the biggest fool in the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so and he's not going to come back just so you can get back with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back because he wants to make sure that he takes care of the mistakes he made. Mm-hmm. And once he starts doing that, you're going to start seeing him differently. So I got a question. So why is it, what's holding the males and females from doing what you just said is making each other feel good. Like go into it with, I want to make sure that they, I want to make sure they feel like they're my number one attention or priority in the moment when we're talking to each other. Why aren't we doing that? In my, in my years of counseling, what I found it it is fear, Hmm. fear of failure and fear of pain. Because most people feel like if I give you everything of me, it, I become vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And if I become vulnerable, you can hurt me easier. But it ain't true. <laughs> See, I can hurt you whether you're vulnerable or not. Exactly. Right. I've heard many people say you have to keep something for yourself. And I'm yeah. like, well, what are we keeping for ourselves? And, and that's why. See, so you feel like if I, if I give it all to that person and then they turn around and trash it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm not going to do that because mm-hmm. that, that's a fear. But it's the opposite is what ought to happen. Because if you want to secure a person in your life, make them feel like they are the best in the world. This is what my father taught me at a young age. He said, you can't make a woman stay, but you can make a wish she had stayed. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because you can only control what you can do. Right. That's right. His point was, you treat her so good that when she do leave, she'll tell the other guy, you know what? I should have stayed where I was at, (laughs) you know, and and then she'll come back. It's like what you're saying. But the question is, when she does come back, is he man enough to take her back? Is he man enough to say, you know what? I forgive you. Mm -hmm. Right. Now that, that right there is the big one. Yeah, it is. That's huge. It's huge to be able, if your wife left you to go be with another man and she was gone for six to eight months, Mm -hmm. you know, and you was in the, in the bed, it's not bubbling at all by yourself, you know, crying. And she come back. And after you got yourself back together, mm-hmm. are you willing to take her back? Exactly. That's, that's rough on there, Dr. Daniel. I know a man that did it. I tell you, when I, my old pastor, when I was uh, uh, living with my father, he did it. His wife left, moved to another state with another man, mm-hmm. and got sick and called him up. He went and got her, brought her back home. And took care of her until the day he died. You know why? Because he was truly a saved man, oh, and wow. and that's what that's my that's why I'm saying. See, if if you have, and that's what Paul is saying, right? If there are two saved people, then they show the kind of love that is not worldly love. See, worldly love says how you make me feel. Christian love says how can I make you better. Right. You love your children, right? Definitely. Your main job is to make them better. That's it. That's you don't it. look at them having to make you better. No. And they disappoint you at times, don't they? Most definitely. But you still try to make them better. I do. But see, if it's a, a, a significant other, it's the opposite. I'm not, not saying what? for you, oh, but okay. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But that's how we are, though, right? Sure. If it's your significant other, you look at it like, why come that person ain't making me happy? Why come that person ain't making me feel better? Why come that person ain't doing for me? But your children, you don't think that way. 
you always be thinking, how can I make them better? How can I do for them? So that love is to help them and that love is not to help you. And, and that's, that's the dynamic. And so the biblical part of it says differently, you know, and, and, and again, if we go back to even our, our, our first topic, see, that's why we can't deal with what they dealt with in the old Testament because see that man who looked at having more than one wife, he was making each wife better. He was Exactly. Each wife was better because they were with him. And his job was to make their life easier and to make their life better. And as long as he did that, they were happy as they could be. Right. Let me say this. I work for a utility company. You'd be surprised at the number of men that come in to pay bills for two different households. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about an adult daughter or someone that's in college. Right. They're still taking care of. They're taking care of home. And they're taking care of the second home. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and I one guy, we conversate about this. We have a couple of times. So I noticed, I said, hmm. I said, so he'll say, pay this address here. And then he'll give me money for the next address. I said, oh, uh, that's your, your friend, huh? Your special friend. And he just, <laughs> hey, yeah, he'll laugh about it. You know, I said, oh, okay. Okay. He said, you got a special friend. I said, no, I don't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. Some women know that it is happening. Some pretend they don't know it's happening. But there are several men out there that are managing two households, so to speak. They can afford to do that. And my thing is for women, just once again, just be open minded. That's all. It's not for everyone. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm going after anybody's husband. I want to make that clear. I'm just saying, just be open-minded to things yeah. and, and not let culture or society determine what's best for you. Yeah. You know, another thing too, Dr. Dan, is you, I hear a lot at the barbershop when the old, you know, the old player come in the room. Oh, yeah. He, he, he say, <laughs> you know what? You can do what you want as long as you take care of home. And I've heard that multiple times. And if you're, if you're young and coming up, you're like, you know what? That, you know, the older guy tells me that's okay. How, why do we stray so far away from the Bible when it comes to just where our elders telling us stuff, like it giving advice? It don't even be nowhere close half the time to what the Bible say. Well, it's, it's, it's close to the Old Testament, but it ain't close to the New Testament. <laughs> Well, you're right. I mean, and that, that's 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 classic barbershop talk. That's classic pool room talk. Right. But let me say this about barbershop talk and pool room talk <laughs> is a lot of it is just talk and a lot of it ain't reality. Okay. You know, and I'm not saying there aren't some men that are doing just what you see. Mm-hmm. That's that's God knows that's true. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of men that talking talking that talking no good and doggone well that they ain't that, you know, that that's right. not where they are mm-hmm. in, 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 in their life or in their livelihood. Um you, you know, again, all, all I can advise folk is to, is, to, is to look at where we are in this current dispensation period, right? And so I'm saying the current dispensation period, you know, if I want to be blessed by God, and that's where I'm looking at it, mm-hmm. if I want to be blessed by God, then my job is not to try to walk away from what Jesus said, mm-hmm. but to accept what Christ said, no matter what the world says, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So to me, my my Christian walk should not be based on culture. I'm not saying culture isn't a part of how we do things, but I'm just saying that's what I should do. Culturally, even when, if you go back to the Old Testament, those commandments, those that, Levit- that Levitical law, 
was put in place because culture allowed things that God said is not good for you. You know, so so sometimes we have to accept that just because it's culture don't mean it's best for us. A simple example is the eating laws, for example. Right. You know, culturally where they were, there was no problem eating crabs, no problem eating shrimp, no problem eating clams. But God said there is a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. So he said to them, don't eat fish that don't have scales on them. Because they, the fish that without scales are scavengers, right? So they, they eat dead things. And he's saying the bacteria, all these kind of things. You don't have the antibiotics back then. You know, so it'll help, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll destroy you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, you get to the New Testament, and it's a different dynamic, right? I mean, Peter happens to be in a trance, and all these things that were considered bad are coming down and he's told to eat. And he said, Lord, you know, I can't eat this stuff is bad. And he says, what I call good, don't you ever call bad again? Right. Right. And so but th- that's the thing. But he's, he said to them, listen, I, I'm, I'm doing things because I know more than you know about the world that you live in. And I'm trying to make sure that the world that you live in is conducive for you to prosper. And that's the key thing. That's how I'm looking at it. If you, if you take the Bible as a whole, right? And so, yes, you know, everything, you know, I don't, I'm not disputing what we have been saying because certainly culturally things can be acceptable, but that doesn't mean that it's best for us just because it's culturally. That's why, you know, Paul says you got to live in the world, but don't be of the world, right? So just because it seems to work well, don't mean that I, I just say, well, let me try to take and and manipulate so that I use the Bible to fit the world's plan. It's, it should be the opposite. Is that I should use the Bible to establish my plan, right? And one of the things you you say oftentimes, so I can make sure I'm in the purpose that God has set me up to be in. And so if I'm looking at God's purpose, then that, that kind of makes me back away from man's purpose for me. You know, because what is God's purpose for me, and what does He say I should be doing? How, how does he, she, I should, I should respond? Because that's what I'm looking for is not the greatest uh, fantasiful life on earth, right? I'm looking for the greatest purpose-driven life on earth, you know, and that, that kind of changes things. So uh, again, uh, I go back to Paul, even in the New Testament, Paul says all things are lawful, but not expedient. Meaning, yes, legally you may be able to do it, but that don't mean it's the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. All right. So we've, uh, we've, uh, we've ran out of time. Sure, <laughs> so, um, is there anything anybody like to bring up before we close out? Not that I can think of here. I just wanted to really listening to the podcast you guys had previously. I really, I was curious about all of it and, and it just brought to mind, like, why is it wrong? I was speaking to my best friend about it and, just kind of had those questions there we wanted to throw out. So I appreciate Dr. Daniels for answering and you guys allowing me to come on just to talk about that a bit. So yeah. I think that I think it was a great, great thing for us to kind of energize our mind, energize our thinking. And I just want our our, our listeners and uh, and those who are watching us to um understand, right, that the goal of the podcast is to broaden your horizon, not to dictate your behavior per se, and, and not to give you a license, 
you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to ruin your life, exactly. but to help you improve your life. Right. You, you know, and so even though we have topics that may be controversial, we have topics that may sometimes seem far reaching, uh, but you have to do that to expand your mind. And, and so that you can tackle those tough topics and, and walk away with a greater insight on how you're going to better oneself for the future. And I, I think this is a perfect thing for it. And I think that's what people want. That's what we have to keep giving. Yep. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.